Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Hey everybody, Tim Hamrich here, host of the Future of Agriculture podcast, agribusiness recruiter, all that stuff. I'm sure you've heard it before if you've been with us uh, in the first 80 episodes. Wanted to do things a little bit different. I'm always trying to tweak the format here and there. You've heard episodes in the past where we bring on multiple guests. You've heard us do uh, multiple part series. You've heard me do solo shows, interview shows. So I'm always kind of just testing the format. And this one will be another test. What, what I wanted to do is since the interview I did with Aiden Connolly several episodes back where we talked about disruptive technologies in agriculture, uh, I've wanted to follow up on blockchain. And as you well know, it's become more and more of a hot issue uh, in agriculture to talk about blockchain and uh, for many reasons, not least of which is the fact that Bitcoin has taken off like crazy and people are just making money hand over fist by uh, owning Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people still don't understand Bitcoin. And I know a lot of people still don't understand blockchain. And I'm no expert here, but I did want to um, do a series on blockchain. And the part of the format that's going to be different is this. I, I thought what would be helpful, especially with blockchain, is to do uh, an episode or two solo with just me talking about what I have found in, in my very preliminary research on blockchain, uh, talking about kind of what it is and giving everybody some context so that the next episodes that follow as we do interviews with people who are uh, founding startups related to blockchain or people working in industry that think that there's a blockchain uh, solution for some problem they face in, in their part of the supply chain. As we go through those interviews, we all have some context to go off of. I'll ask better questions. Uh, it, w- it will be easier for every everyone to be engaged in what the guest is saying, and we can maybe have a higher level discussion about uh, this issue that is so interesting and, and could potentially have such massive implications for the industry of agriculture. And before we get too far into this, there, there's a couple things I want to point out to you. So I, I did several hours of research here to try to put this episode and the next episode together on blockchain. Uh, because this technology is rather nascent, it's it's early, uh, The information out there is rather scattered, but there are two specific resources that I found very helpful from a broad overview perspective. And I wanted to mention those to you and put the links in the show notes. The first one is a LinkedIn article by, and I'm sorry, I'm going to probably butcher his name here, Shiv Kumar Kalyanaraman. And he is uh, with IBM in India, and he wrote uh, uh, an article called Blockchain Meets Agriculture, Supply Chain Transformation Possibilities. Fantastic overview. In fact, you will probably see some similarities in this podcast to his article, so I definitely want to give him a shout out, shout out because the way he structured things um, really synthesized all the research I was doing, so so his structure and mine will, will definitely have some parallels. The second is actually a familiar name you may remember, Decision Next, from a recent episode. We had Mike Neal on the show. Decision Next put together a fantastic white paper, really well put together white paper on uh, blockchain called The Missing Link in the Food Chain Blockchain. And I think you really ought to check that out. So I'm going to put those two resources in the show notes for you. If you would like my 
full list of resources and you want to do the research yourself, I have that compiled as well. There's probably, I don't know, 30 different either articles or podcasts or videos related to blockchain. Uh, send me an email, tim at aggrad.com. I'd be happy to send all of that to you. But if you really just want an overview and want to go a little bit deeper, definitely check out those two, uh, the, the LinkedIn article and then also Decision Next White Paper. Anyway, with that, let's talk some blockchain. So picture this, you're at your local grocery store in the produce section, you're standing in front of blueberries, you could take your phone, scan a barcode and know pretty much everything about that particular shipment of blueberries, everything from, you know, where was it picked? When was it picked? How long ago was it picked? Uh, and then the supply chain steps between maybe there and here, you know, at what process did it go through? What conditions was it grown under? What certifications does it have? It actually brings a lot of context to whatever label might be with it, whether that's organic, natural, local. What does that mean? It provides some additional information and context to all these labels that are often misused in the industry today. Or, or how about if uh, instead of a consumer, you're a food company and you're facing an, an outbreak of salmonella and having to go through the recall process, a very expensive, usually a very lengthy process. But what if uh, you could instantaneously trace the exact source of that outbreak you know, within minutes and be able to shut down whatever that part of the supply chain is, where it was sourced, where it was processed, where it was shipped, without having to shut down all other operations to perform an investigation, examination on where did this come from, where is it, uh, exactly who is affected by this. So uh, the time and money that could be saved by having that information that is right at your fingertips that you trust, you know it's accurate, you know it's timely, you know it's reliable, uh, the amount of money and time that can be saved, and, and frankly, lives uh, and health. You know, a lot of these uh, outbreaks and recalls, you know, several of the cases happen after they know there's a problem. It's just trying to turn the Titanic is very, very difficult. Our supply chains in agriculture are just so complex and complicated that as it is right now, it's, it's very, very difficult to find out, for example, where in the supply chain is the food waste happening and when is it happening and how is it happening so that we can try to address some of those issues. Here's another example. Uh, let's say you're a consumer and you have very, very strong opinions and values about um, how your food is grown, be it you want to make sure that uh, no rainforest was was taken out in order to uh, open up the land for, for that particular good. You want to make sure it, it is fair trade. You want to make sure it's only from certain countries, or maybe you want to support a supply chain that comes from a developing country specifically with your coffee or cocoa or what, whatever the case may be. You could do that while standing in the store instantly. You could make sure that how a product is being marketed to you is actually how it produced and got to you. And you could do this with information you knew you trusted to be accurate, timely, and reliable. Now for you farmers out there, let's say you all of a sudden, um, you've always taken your grain to the local co-op because you knew them, you trusted them, you knew you'd get paid, you knew they'd account correctly for it, and they knew, you knew they wouldn't screw you over when it came to discounts and grades, and it just didn't ever make sense for you to risk that relationship by going anywhere else because you had that trust built up over 
years, in some cases, generations. Well, uh, something like blockchain could open up the market completely to you because inherent in the system is trust. Uh, you know that the information you're seeing on a counterparty is is accurate, it's timely, it's reliable, and you also know that if a transaction takes place, you could potentially get paid instantaneously and have access to all of the information related to uh, contract terms, shipment terms, and it's all on a record that is just impossible to copy or tamper with or to um, be used against you. You can trust it completely. So. Those are a couple examples. Now let's back up and, and talk about why all that is true, why all that is the case, what all of that has to do about blockchain. Uh, overall, you know what blockchain can do. Blockchain is a series of technologies that can build trust in our supply chain. And when we say build trust in a supply chain, we're not just talking about uh, consumers saying, "Yeah, we love ag. Ag is good. We trust ag." That's not the type of trust we're talking about at all. There's a uh, thousands of small interactions and transactions that happen along the supply chain among uh, farmers, among buyers, among shippers, among transporters, among truck drivers, among storage facilities, processors, wholesalers, retailers, you name it. There's just thousands and thousands of these small transactions taking place. Well, blockchain is a way to build trust in all market participants uh, from the beginning of the supply chain to the end. I, I really like how Bettina Warburg uh, in her TED talk about blockchain, which you should check that out. I'll put, put it in the show notes, how she kind of defines it and sets it up. So I'm just going to actually read her quote here. Blockchain technology is a decentralized database that stores a registry of assets and transactions across a peer-to-peer -peer network. It's basically a public registry of who owns what and who transacts what. The transactions are secured through cryptography, and over that time, that transaction history gets locked in blocks of data that are then cryptographically locked together and secured, hence the name blockchain. This creates an immutable, unfor unforgeable record of all of the transactions across this network. This record is replicated on every computer that uses the network. It's not an app, it's not a company, it's not even really one technology. It's kind of a framework to create these records that can't be tampered with. And obviously, if you've heard of blockchain, you think, oh yeah, blockchain, isn't that, you know, like Bitcoin, right? And and Bitcoin is built because of blockchain technology. Blockchain is where the trust comes in. It's a technology that makes people think, you know what, Bitcoin is a currency I can trust. It's not going to get tampered with. Uh, a government can't freeze it. Uh, nobody can steal it from my bank account. It is totally secure. That's the exciting part about Bitcoin in a currency context. Now put it in an agricultural supply chain context, right? And so it, all of those transactions have an inherent trust, which has a lot of implications that that's what I want to talk about as we dive deeper into blockchains. What are those applications? When we can build trust, what does that look like? How does the supply chain look different than it looks today? You know, people talk about the many industries that the internet has disrupted because the internet has done an incredible amount to connect us and it's built some trust. You know, think about um, Airbnb and Uber. We would have never gone to somebody's house that we didn't know or hopped in somebody's car. Uh, so it has built some trust, but it hasn't gone far enough to build this type of transactional trust 
to support a supply chain. And that's what's exciting about blockchain. It, it can do what the internet has not done. Here we are in 2017 and we're still wondering, oh wow, I wonder if we could transact grain or or um, produce or uh, poultry. You've heard Jeanette Barnard on the show before. I wonder if we can transact these things online. And it's taken this long in the internet for us to really wonder if that's possible. And it's the verdict's still out whether, whether it is. Um, but blockchain kind of changes that a little bit. In, instead of having to have the trust ourselves in whoever's on the other side of that computer, there's inherent trust built in the system. So really, really exciting that the potential here uh, is, is very, very interesting. I'm going to go through five different areas that I think blockchain, uh, I, I don't think I know, blockchain is already being explored in agriculture, in our supply chain. Um, and, and I want to just clarify, you know, as I said before, Bitcoin is built on blockchain. They're, they're not the same thing. So just like email is built on the internet, uh, Bitcoin is built on blockchain. So when you think of blockchain, don't instantly think of Bitcoin, although it's it's the first successful example, at least that's widespread enough that everybody understands, oh yeah, kind of how that works. And also the, to, to use the analogy even more of the internet, you don't have to know the inner workings of uh of the internet to know what applications the internet has. So similarly, you don't have to go become a blockchain expert to start thinking about what applications blockchain could have for the agricultural supply chain. Uh, I am not an expert on blockchain. I have done uh, maybe 20 hours of, of research on blockchain to get to this point where I feel like I can have a conversation with you on this podcast, uh, but I am not an expert. So I am learning here. If you hear anything that you want to question, let's have a conversation about that on Twitter. Uh, and I'll also, if you have any questions just about blockchain in general, send them to me because I'll ask them on upcoming episodes as well. But in this episode, I want to highlight a couple examples of how blockchain is slowly being tested in agricultural supply chains. There are projects underway. Some of the major companies um, in agriculture, including uh, Cargill, Nestle, uh, Walmart, uh, are, are already kind of starting to, to play with this. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of those types of projects. There's also some interesting projects being done through through some academic research as well. Uh, I also just want to provide a word of warning here. Um, two, two words of warning, I should say. Number one, blockchain is early days. It's the, it's the digital wild west teeming with opportunity. Everybody's excited about it, but we don't quite know where it's going. So it's very, very early. This is not going to happen overnight. When you're talking about the number of stakeholders in a supply chain like this, the you know, to the thought of them in in a very, very short period of time, all of a sudden adopting a brand new technology simultaneously, it, it's just not going to to happen. So we're early days here, and I think that's part of what's exciting about it. It's part of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about on this podcast. Um, but uh, it's also important to note that, hey, you know, the sky is not falling here. Things are going to change, but it probably is not going to happen overnight. Uh, and, and then the next word of warning here, and this came up a lot among experts as I did research, is that we have to be careful to, to, to be very clear that blockchain is not a one-size-fits-all solution. It's not, oh, wow, all of a sudden, all the problems involved in agriculture are now gone because of blockchain. Blockchain is going to solve them all. It's, it's actually a very specific framework that might have a lot of applications. So just because it may solve the problem of um, not having to wait for customs for 48 hours, you only have, you know, it, you can go right through it in, uh, you know, minutes. That doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden, um, you know, the whole way we export grain is is totally different. It, it has some applications that are very, very handy, but I don't want to oversell it. Uh, it's very, very hyped up right now, and I think it should be. I do think it will provide a framework that changes 
changes a lot of the applications um, in our agricultural supply chain, but it's not it's not an end all be all solution. And I, and I sometimes know that my passion and excitement for a topic like this can make it sound like, oh, this is this is the answer. And there is no you know, there's no magic bullet. Uh, it'll take time. Uh, what what people fail to realize about ag right now is just how complex it is. We, we love the idea of the farmer taking you know, harvesting his or her crop and marching it down to the farmer's market and selling it directly to the person who's going to consume it. And yeah, certainly that happens on a very, 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 very small scale. The vast majority of the agricultural supply chain is very large. It's very complicated. And there are quite a few stakeholders involved. I mentioned some of them earlier about how a crop gets produced, how it gets marketed, how it gets moved, how it gets purchased, processed, packaged, and then back out to a, to another whole nother part of the supply chain, which is actually you know wholesale retail grocery or restaurant or however it's consumed after that. So this process to get all those stakeholders on board is going to take a while. But there are some exciting projects happening right now that give us a bit of a glimpse into what the future might look like in terms of blockchain. Um, so like I said, I've got five areas that I think blockchain has the potential to disrupt. Uh, I'm going to probably get to two of them in this episode, and then we'll do the final three in the next episode. Uh, the first one, and I, I do think this is probably the, I, I don't want to say it's the no brainer, but it's its the one place where both consumers and uh, people on the supply side of, of the supply chain uh, have a vested interest in try to utilizing it. And that's, and that's food safety. As it stands right now, on average, a recall, uh, food safety recall costs about $10 million. And, and the biggest of recalls are upwards in the billions of dollars in terms of money spent trying to uh, fix a, a problem, an outbreak uh, related to food safety. So that gives a lot of uh, vested interest on the part of uh, food manufacturers and, and distributors to get that problem fixed, if possible, if blockchain could solve that. On the other side, obviously, public health, um, you know, people's trust in the food system uh, can be solidified if we can find a better solution to make sure that we have less of these food safety outbreaks, or that when we do, we can greatly lessen the impact of those outbreaks. And I mentioned the example at the top of the show here. Several of the top leading companies in, in the food uh, industry, including Nestle, Walmart, Costco, Golden State Foods, McCormick, Tyson, have all partnered with IBM to try to create the first fully integrated enterprise-ready blockchain platform. And one of the big applications that uh, they seem to find for this is this whole food safety issue that we can somehow isolate and contain a food safety problem a whole lot quicker and a whole lot cheaper by utilizing blockchain. Because what blockchain gives us is a record of all the transactions that have happened from the farm all the way through to, to the grocery store, to the consumer. So we can actually trace that back and say, all right, I know this process ended up in uh, Buffalo, New York, in a Walmart store there, but but where did it originate? And once we find where it originated, where did all of the other produce, food, processed foods, where, where did all the other products go from there? So we could trace it back and then trace it forward and actually stop uh, more problems from breaking out before they start. So uh, it, it, 
it's really interesting to me. And, and actually, as I first learned of blockchain, this was not the first thing that came to mind about where it could help out. But when I read about how expensive and the consequences, the health consequences of some of these um, outbreaks through, you know, through salmonella or, you know, other foodborne illnesses or, you, you know, problems that that have taken place as a result of food, I thought, wow, that's just um, mega dollars on the supply side. And of course, you know, the health aspect on, on the consumer side. And then if you try to take into account the loss of consumer trust. You know, uh, we've got down here in Texas, we have Bluebell ice cream, which has always been the best ice cream in the world. Um, they've had some major listeria problems here lately. At least I think it's listeria. Uh, I might be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure it is. And um, of course, I was ready as soon as it hit the shelf to, come, to go back and eat ice cream, but my wife won't. She just said, no, I, I don't. I don't trust it. So not trying to bash on Bluebell. I love it, but uh, it does erode trust when that happens. So how, how is that lost opportunity cost in the future? So anyway, this one just made a lot of sense. Uh, number one is, you know, applications for blockchain, uh, food safety. How do we get back the trust uh, with the consumer? Uh, and trust is a word that I think when I go through this transcript, I'll have said a hundred times, if not more, but that's what it's all about. It's developing trust among everybody in the supply chain. And uh, it's pretty amazing that so, that these firms are able to test this because of all the people in the supply chain. But if you look at uh, you know some of those top leaders and the kind of influence a company like Walmart has on its supply, uh, it, it makes you think, Wow, you know, this this really is a reality that could happen in the near future. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit futureofag.com. That's futureofagag.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. 